Pastor Hemi has started a new series on building a legacy that she started preaching on since last week. And uh, it is a series which is based on the mission that we have here at St. Paul. Generations um, of disciples reflecting God's laws in the community and around the world. So last week she extensively talked about the generations, how we received, how we, have, we are beneficiaries of other people's faith and other people's actions as Carrie has shared with us how the parent and everybody has influenced her generosity. And I see us gathered here to remind me that this is also a Christian tradition which started with the disciples of Jesus, that we have been also being beneficiaries as well. So this morning I'm going to talk about the last part of the mission, reflecting God's love in our communities and around the world. And what a good story to focus on if it is not the Good Samaritans. And I know you've probably heard a million of times. I'm just going to need you to give me your attention for the next few minutes and let's see what the Spirit of the Lord wants us to learn this morning. Let us pray. Precious God, we bless your name this morning. Grateful again to, for choosing me as a vessel, as an instrument, God, to share your word, to share your thought that you have for us this morning. I pray that your spirit be with us this morning as we are hearing, listening to your voice and to your word. Let this word fall on a good soil that will produce fruit that will affect the world. In the mighty name of Jesus, we've prayed and said, Amen. The story is a very common story that we know. In chapter 10, it is a story which comes after Luke has already spoken about Jesus sending the 70 disciples out to do ministries, now they are back, they are rejoicing, Jesus, demons are, we cast demons in your name, and they were in this rejoicing mode. And in between this timing, Luke says there is a doctor of the law who came to Jesus and asked a question. And we have to pay close attention to how Luke described this man because um, it matters a lot and how Jesus answered him as well. He was an expert in the Torah, which means he was somebody who knew the ins and outs of the law. And I bet since he was a Jew, he probably had the Torah memorized. What was his question? He asked Jesus, what do I do to, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I was thinking that as St. Paul, if it was us, if it was the church, probably would have asked Jesus, what must I do to build a legacy? As that's the theme that Pastor Hemi is teaching on these weeks. And I'm 100% sure that the house of Jesus wouldn't be different than what he told this doctor of the law. Of course, Jesus said what is written in the law and 
Even the answer that he gives tells you that he, he knew very well the law. So with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is not the type of answer that a common Jew would have given because what he has done is he's quoting the Torah, chapter 6, verse 5, and Leviticus 19, 18, because this law, you will not find it in the whole testament combined together like this. So this gives us a clear idea that he studied the law and he was able to summarize it the way he answered. Now what I love is what Jesus did next. And he said to him, you've given the right answer, go and do the same and you will leave. But because he wanted to justify himself, he asked, who is my neighbor? As I was reading this part, I was like, I'm probably that Jesus would have done something like, oh, these people with PhDs don't always get it right. Because exactly he missed the point. And this is the first thing that I'd like us to mark for this story. The point is not about knowing the law. The point is about doing the law. For us, the point is not knowing where to find the mission of the church on the website. The point is doing the mission. The point is not about reading the Bible cover to cover, but the point is doing what the Bible says. And that was something that he missed here and is justified in the question that he asked, who is my neighbor? Now, because Jesus knew exactly who he had in front, he's going to use a very um, a style of answering that this doctor was very similar. Jesus is going to use a parable, an illustrative tale to answer him. Because he had a doctor in front of him, so this is similar to something in the Jewish religion that they call the, um, the Haggadic Midrash, which means it's an illustrative story that they use to interpret the law. And Jesus tells him there was a man who came from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell into the hand of robbers, was stripped, beaten, and they left him half dead. Now, coming from seminary, I've seen a lot of my colleagues doing this, and I want just to throw that in. Most of the time, when I've come across people when they read these stories of Jesus, they want to focus on what the story doesn't say. And I don't think that's the right way to interpret these stories. I'm going to give a clear example. For instance, the parable of the sower. Because these stories, their purpose is to, Jesus has already something in mind that he wants you to get at the end of the story. So you have to stick with the details that he's giving you. For instance, the parable of the sower. Jesus doesn't tell us the brand of the bag in which the sower was picking up the seed. Jesus doesn't tell us the type of the seed. Jesus doesn't tell us the weather of that day because they are irrelevant to what is trying to convey. So we, I'm going to ask you to do the same exercise. Let's work with what Jesus gives us about this story. And we may probably touch a little bit on some of the things that he didn't give us in the story. The first thing is 
the man was half dead. And this was very critical because the next person who passed by him was a priest. Again, because Jesus knew who he, was, he had in front of him, he had to specify that the man was not dead. He was half dead. Because if he was dead, then this doctor would have said, yes, the priest was not allowed to touch him because the law says when you touch a dead body, you become impure. And if the priest was going to the temple, then he would have made him impure not to do the sacrifice. So Jesus was clever. He emphasized and said the man was half dead. In other words, the priest had no reason not to attend to this man. And the second person that he talks about, Levite. I love it in the Greek when this sentence they say, the Levite did even something which was very amazing. For him, he even drew closer to the body, looked at it, and still didn't do anything. Now, the point of Jesus that he had with the priest and the Levite was because they did not do anything when they saw somebody in need. Now, let's look a little bit at how Jesus played the story. Jesus doesn't give us the identity of the man who was robbed because he does not want us to put an image or an identity or an ethnic or a race or whatever to who we are supposed to help. So he said there was just a man. So in other words, Jesus is expecting us, or he was expecting at least the Levite and the priest to come to the rescue of a human being who was in need. And that can be a point that we can write down in building legacy as a church, as individuals, is to come to the help of those that we find in need without any label. Because most of the time we are tempted to help people who look like us or people who we know they will probably pay us back. And that's not what Jesus is trying to say in this story. And we are going to see it in the next part. For the good example, Jesus is picking a character which is very controversial, again, because he knows the person in front of him. He said now there was a Samaritan who was going the same road. Now, you have to know that Samaritans and Jews had a very complicated relationship for a very long time. If I want to summarize it, I will say, for Samaritans, they consider that the priesthood in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem was illegitimate. They were the true inheritor of the covenant and of the law. And the people in Jerusalem also thought of the same thing about Samaritans. So the portrayal of Samaritans was very negative from the Jews. But this is the character that Jesus picked as a good example. There are a few things that we can learn from the Good Samaritan here. As he was traveling like the priest and the Levite, 
The first thing that he did was when he saw somebody he needed, he was moved and he stopped and helped. Which means wherever he was going, he said, it, it can wait and let me attend to somebody in need. What does that tell us? He served with his time. Being generous is not only about our resources. If we can also be generous with our times when not only we stop, but we dedicate some of our times to the good of other people. And if you pay close attention to what he did next, he said, he poured some oil and some wine. I love this part because it shows us that he did what he called. What he had on him was oil and wine, and he used it to come to the rescue of the person. God is not asking us to do more than we are able. He's expecting us to do with what we can. And when he couldn't do that anymore, what did he do? He took the man to the hinge so that someone can, could take care of him. It's so amazing that sometimes we might not be in the position to help people, but we know an organization or other people who can do the job and still choose not even to recommend the help to other people. Here we see that when he was no longer able, what he did was to delegate. He didn't stop there. He went on and paid even for the man. Now, don't get caught into the two denarii that the Luke talked about. That was equivalent of two wages, daily wages during that time. And if I want to do some calculation based on the pay rate in Nebraska, we can go roughly around $130 that he paid. Now, not $130 in 2022. We are talking about first centuries, so that was a lot of money. As if that was not enough, he went on and said, whatever you spend more, when I come back, I'm going to pay back. When I was reading this, I was like, Jesus, this is way too much. You are putting the bar too high. This is way too, that's too hard. We, we can't match this type of generosity for, for a stranger. And keep in mind, this Samaritan didn't have to do it. He would have just passed like anybody else, like the priest, like the Levite. But you know what? I love St. Paul because we've been doing the same. Remember a few weeks we were doing the diaper wrap in the fellowship hall? I could see a lot of people who went there, used their time wrapping those diapers. And you were doing it for babies that you don't know that you cannot expect that 10 years down the line, someone will come and stand and give a spirit story and say, you know, I was a baby and I was a baby. It might happen. Because that's one thing that this story is telling us, is the good Samaritan was not doing it because he was expecting something in return. Most of the time we reach out, we help because we know that, okay, I live with the person on the same road. If I have a fire at my house, the person will come. If I have a flat tire, the person will come through. Sometimes as human beings, we have that tendency to help people who 
will help us back, or in a way that the, the person will own us a favor. But that's not the way that Jesus is asking us to build this legacy of love. I remember around early this year, the church was very generous with the mission committee, with the financial help that you gave to Magdalene of Omaha, uh, Intercultural Senior Center, or the organization in the Philippines. As a church, you are not expecting anything back from people from the Philippines and all those lives that you are impacting. So we've been already doing great as a church. We've been already reaching out with nothing to expect in return because that's what Jesus is expecting us to. So as I'm closing, what Jesus was trying to tell this doctor and expert in the law is, The neighbor might be somebody who doesn't look like you. Somebody who is at the edge of a worst situation. A neighbor is anybody that you come across that is in need of help and you are in the position to help. And if we can keep that in our heart and in our mind, we are going to be good neighbors, and we are going to reflect the love in the community around us and around the world. And the last thing, one thing that I've learned as I was preparing this sermon is, we do not always perceive generosity as a form of worship. And if we can perceive it that way, it will change completely the way we give or the way we help others. Because when you reach out, you know the way the Samaritans was doing, he was worshiping God through the lives of someone who was in need. So as we are walking out of this building today, and if there is one thing that I would like me and you to remember about the story of the Good Samaritan is, generosity is a form of worship. It's not a loan that we are giving to the person that we should expect something back. But every time we are being generous to people that we know and to people that we don't know, we are worshiping God. May God bless his word. Amen.